Welcome to Dad Up, a podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. My guest today on Dad Up is Ruben Alvarez. Ruben is a business visionary. For the last eight years, he has dedicated himself to the sales and marketing of a manufacturing company and has recently launched his own venture, The Marketing Hunters. From this new business, his podcast, In for the Kill, was formed, which focuses on modern-day men and women who hunt their goals down and are constantly chasing their dreams. In for the Kill is a podcast for the passionate, the resilient, and those that refuse to quit. Ruben and his wife have a young son and a daughter on the way due in August. He is still learning as a fairly new dad, but you can tell he carries a lot of knowledge on what it takes to be a successful dad. Please welcome Ruben Alvarez to Dad Up. Ruben, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up today. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to sharing, uh, hearing about your dad experiences and, and talking with you a little bit about uh, what's going on with you. Um, so it's a pleasure to have you. No, and I appreciate you having me on. And I like more than anything, this this podcast, I think, is really, really uh, necessary and special in its own way. So I, I appreciate that you're actually doing it, too. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, for my listeners that don't know much about you or know who you are, uh, could you give me a little bit of that? Tell them a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story, and also about your kids. How many kids you have? Yeah, so I have uh, I have one son who's about to turn four, and my wife is pregnant with our second one right now. She's due in August, um, so we're really really excited about that. Um, as far as my story, I've been in manufacturing uh, business to business sales for going on closing in on like ten years now, and um, happened last year. The company that I work for still currently it was sold to a big corporation, um, and what ended up happening is that I thought that I was going to be the person who kind of takes over for the, the old business owner when, uh, mm-hmm. when he decided to kind of take it easy, retire, you know, and it didn't happen that way. It just kind of everything that I worked for that I was driving, you know, all the extra work, the hours, it just kind of got taken away from me out of nowhere. So when that happened, I decided that um, my wife, she didn't want to be working for anyone anymore. And I was like, well, you're really good at graphic design. I'm really good at sales. I'm good at marketing. Why don't we just kind of, start our own thing. And if it works out, then you can leave your old job. She, she didn't think it was going to work out. <laughs> but here we are, like, you know, closing in on, on a year in August. And um, we've been we've been incredibly blessed to have, like, really, really good clients. Um, we broke, you know, the six-figure club within the first seven months. Um, we've been hi- able to uh, hire a few people. So it, it's been working out really, really well for us. And um, she was able to leave her job after, I believe, a month and a half when we opened the new business. So it's been really yeah. good. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. So what's what's the area, especially? I know you said graphic design, and and you're a little bit on on the marketing and sales side. But what is there a specific area that you guys deal with or focus in? No, you know, it's funny. We thought at the beginning that we were going to go straight into like um, marketing and advertising for big manufacturers, so that way we could stay within the business to business space. And what ended up happening is uh, we did start with a manufacturer, then we started with a distributor partner. And then from there, we've gotten um, coaching clients, we've gotten people who just want websites done for them. And it ended up being that um, people came to us, not because of our expertise in kind of business to business sales, but more in our expertise of actually branding them and positioning them in the marketplace where they've had a hard time doing that prior to speaking with us and having us do that for them. Now, how has, uh, how has the pandemic affected you or has it? 
so it, it affected me more mentally than anything because I was, I don't know if this was kind of the same thing with everybody else, but um, when you hear that there's going to be a pandemic and recession, you think, oh man, I'm actually going to have people that might want to back out, right? right. And um, the, the clients who we had actually ended up all being essential workers. So it ended up working to in a way where they started making more business. And while I was freaking out and trying to get more customers, which I did, now we end up having more customers and nobody leaving us. And we're actually busier than I thought we were going to be. Oh, good. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, so it, it's funny how we always kind of are our own worst enemy in a way, right? Because we, we yeah. kind of expect the worst, but it's good that it, through that preparation and through that, um, that hustle, it ends up kind of becoming our, our safety, right? Um, we were like, we can't afford to lose any customers. We didn't. And now because of the fact that, you know, we were so cautious with what we were doing and, um, and my own kind of fear ended up being a, a blessing in the long run now. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. You kind of, uh, you know, started in corporate, uh, corporate world and now you're kind mm-hmm. of ventured into the entrepreneurial side of things. Do you, uh, do you regret being in the corporate world? Do you wish you would have done this sooner or has, was, you know, that corporate experience, did that help you, help you guys out? That's, I mean, I'm always going to, I think that if I look back, I'm going to say, yes, I wish I would have done this sooner. The thing that I, that I regret the most is not moving out of California because I think mm. that California was my biggest crutch. Um, the high rent, the taxes on everything, it, it just kind of hurt me more than it really benefited me. I needed to be in California to get the job that I got to get the experience that was needed. But about two years ago or about a year and a half ago, I kind of maxed out at what I was making, right? Right. And um, the position that I was in was really able to be done anywhere in the U.S. So if I would have moved a little bit sooner, I could have gotten a little bit of a jump start. But um, I think it really came down to having me see that the future was not what I thought it was, right? And have it be like it had to be taken from me in order for me to really open up my eyes and, and leave that area of comfort that I had known as home for so long. Yeah. It's funny. We, you know, my wife and I, we live in California and we've talked for 20 years about getting out of California and, and we haven't pinpointed a place where we want to go yet, but um, it is a hard, it's, it's risky and it, and it can be challenging, you know, it can be risky and challenging to make that jump. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't, we haven't uh, gotten the courage yet to, to take that. Yeah. Leap, well, it's it's a little bit more difficult too when when um when you're kind of established as you are, right? Um, right. I see a lot of I see a lot of my friends that are my age and even younger. Um, I mean, I see Texas, Idaho. Uh, right. I see people moving to Nashville, and the thing is that everybody in our age who's smart enough to to see that they're not going to have a house till they're fifty, you know, and that's right. if they work really really hard. But if you go somewhere else you can buy the house, make equity, and maybe one day you do return to California. But for our age group, it just doesn't make sense. Like, unless you're, you're like working in Silicon Valley and, and making, you know, 400000 yeah. a year or something like that. But that's right. not really the case for everybody there. Well, cool. Now, kind of, uh, you know, segueing off into your dad role, um, you have a son that's four, and, and you said you have a son on the way, you guys know? A, a daughter, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, a, a daughter. daughter. Okay. She's, uh, yeah, she's due in August. Oh, cool. Well, that should be uh, that should be uh, an interesting um, transition from one to two, right? Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I look I look back at when we made the decision to to go through with it, and um, 
you know, you, <laughs> I, I love, I love my kids. Like literally that is the reason why I live right now is my son soon to be my daughter. Right. But I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, why did I do this? <laughs> you know? And, and I know, it's, I know it's love. I, I know it's love. And I know that that's the answer, but, but the reality is like, I, I have more and more stuff going on every day. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm not crazy enough to say, Oh, let's just add one really big thing on top of everything else. Right. What do you enjoy most about being a dad? So um, I've, I've been thinking about this question and I, I know it's corny to say everything. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, so let me, let me tell you yesterday night, I was cutting my son's nails and he was just there calm, letting me cut his nails. And he was so happy to see, like, I, I had his little fingers in my hand and I was like, Oh my God, his hands are so small. Right. And then I was like, this is, this is a person in front of me. Right. And he's just so calm and he's looking at his nails and he says, thank you after. And that, that small insignificant moment, that means absolutely like there's tons of those moments that it's like, we weren't, we weren't like jumping out of a plane together. We weren't doing anything right. insane, but I hold like a feeling to that, that I'm like, when I'm, when I'm 70, 80 years old, I'm going to remember that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just that. It's just like, I just love being a father. I love being a dad. I love that there's these little human beings that are like extensions of me that love me that I just feel can't be wrong by me. Yeah, I agree. Those, those moments are, um, can last forever. Those those memories, those moments can last forever. I can think of so many times mm-hmm. in my kids' lives. I have two boys, and they're both older now, 21 and 18. And I wow. can I can still think back to times uh, <laughs> that you know just made me melt. You know, just just melted my yeah. heart. And uh, I I didn't you know I never had I haven't had girls. Never had a girl. Um, I don't know what that's like having, you know, on, uh, being a, a dad to a, to a little girl, but the boy, uh, gosh, the memories are, there's something that will stick with you forever. And because, you know, the time goes fast and, and it's something we have to, we have to hold on to. Yeah. That's, that's the strange part of it all is, you know, seeing them from, from a baby and then like they start walking and all of a sudden like I, I see him almost like a twelve year old already, right? Because of the comprehension right. skills and and you're be careful, like, be careful, strange. Ruben. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> you know that 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 twelve year old will be here before you know it, and um, yeah, and then you'll be saying, "Gosh, I can't believe he's going off to college." Oh man, yeah, no, I can't even, I can't even fathom that. Yeah. <laughs> now you're trying to run a business. You just made this move. Uh, to another state, you, you have a baby on the way. There's all these different challenges that you have currently, you're currently facing in your life. But what do you think is the challenge that you face as a dad? It, it's always the, the the split of time to work, right? Because I, I think that a lot of people view the person who's a workaholic or the person who's trying to grow something as that right like they're just so obsessed and focused with work and they prefer that over their family but the reality is that like you're not you're not really doing you're doing it for a memory of you but you're doing it because you want them to be protected in case something happens to you i think that that's like one of the biggest fears is like okay well i have i have these responsibilities to these people and if something happens to me tomorrow like i just left them with nothing right Mm. so there's always this thin balance of like do i keep working do I lose or risk this client because I have to get back to him tomorrow versus today? Or do I just send that, that email? It's going to take me 30 seconds, but interrupt the time that I'm spending with my family. 
right? Mm. And do I stay an extra hour working today? Do I not? You know, and and um, it's been it's been a challenge, but I I've come to realize that like I am 28, and um, I try to do things like if if I die tomorrow, I should just have life insurance. You know what I mean? Like there's no point in me building 300 uh, like a 300 million dollar company in six months, right? But I'd rather just get life insurance and then make sure that they have a million or two dollars left over, which covers all of their expenses and, and they're good for like a couple of years. But that versus kill myself and build this big empire by age 30, when I know that if I just keep being consistent every single day, small consistent steps, by age 40, I'm going to have everything I want. So right. at some point, like my son is going to grow up, be 18. And that's when like, oh, once he's 18, I'm going to be like 42 or something like that, right? Right. At that point, he's gone. I have this empire that I built, and I'm like, I didn't spend any time with them, and now I want to spend time with them, but they're gone. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's kind of the biggest thing that I'm always like, like, is is this really worth it today, or is it not? And it's just kind of always constantly on my mind, and I have to make that decision more than anything every single day as to what's important. Well, you know, you find balance in your in your life, whether it's in your business, in your health there's these these areas of our lives that we have to find the balance of when's the right time to work on, you know, whatever it is you're focusing on at that moment. Um, so yeah. we, as, as an entrepreneur, it's important that, that you find the balance on how to balance the time with your clients, the time I'm working on the business, the time on the financial side of the business. That kind of balance has to take place in your family life too. You have to find the balance mm-hmm. between when you need to be focused on business and when you need to be focused on family. And when you're focused on one of those things, be focused on it. No yeah. distractions. And it's something that I, that I preach often to dads is, look, when you're focused on your family, that's your family's time. And don't, don't steal that time from them by checking an email or making a quick call to a client. Focus on your family for that time because, like you said, and I get emotional thinking about it. When the time comes that they're gone, they're gone yeah. and you can never get that time back, you know? Yeah, exactly. Your son's four. You have, uh, you have many years to go with him, um, but you have to, and your daughter soon, um, you have to make sure you cherish every second you can with them uh, because, you know, my boys are 21 and 18. And they're, you know, my youngest son just graduated high school He's off to college this August. He's got a basketball scholarship to play at um, Hope International University here in California. And we're, right. my wife and thank you, my wife and I are going to be empty nesters. And it's mm-hmm. it's weird to think about because yeah, it seems, yeah. like, <laughs> seems like yesterday that we were you know either bringing them home from the hospital or going to an elementary school play or oh, uh, participating in their you know their sports activities um and now they're both off to college my older son's about to graduate college and so uh-huh. soon he'll be off really on his own the the time yeah. goes fast Reuben. the time goes fast yeah that's that's what i think you know you say you, you get emotional thing but that's the thing that like comes up to my head right now more than ever right it's just like at some point this house is going to be just me and my wife right. and that's that's a very weird feeling to think of just because for the last four years it's been us and someone else right it seems unrealistic right yeah 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 in what way did your life change when you became a dog 
pretty much everything changed. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think, I think that I was very um, selfish, especially towards my own parents, right? Like it's, it's live fast, live young. And um, I, I wasn't really thinking of even like making money. I was like, Oh, I want, I want to make money. I want to have a family. Right. I have my son now and now everything is, I want to make money. I want to help people. Right. Like everything, everything is, I just want to help people. I want to leave the world a better place. And I think that it's hard for you to really like think that way until you kind of see that the things that you do are going to shape the world that your kids have to live in. Right. So it's like, if, if you, if you're just like, I care about me and my family, then once you're gone, your kids are still going to have to deal with all the stuff that you kind of chose to say like, Oh, well, I don't, I don't care about this thing that's going on. And I don't care about this thing that's going on. And then when, when you're out of here, they're like, okay, well now I got to deal with this stuff that's going on because you just kind of chose to to be selfish about you and about us. Yeah. You're right. in that everything changes. Everything does change. It's no more about you. It's about the child, the human being that you're trying to raise. And so it's important that, that you keep that perspective in mind. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the one thing that I would say that, especially if you're young and you have kids, right. That you don't realize is you think that you, you understand like a kid is coming and everything, but I think you fail to realize that a lot of the stuff that maybe you still wanted to do, I think you might have to get out of your system. Right. right. Um, I was lucky that like, I was, I was able to do a lot of things that I wanted to do because I kind of had my rebellious stage, you know, and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do the things that matter to me. And um, I kind of got most of that. But the one thing that I, that I kind of never went after was like seeing the world right going to yeah, europe yeah. going to mexico traveling and now that i have my son i wouldn't trade it for the world right like i wouldn't i wouldn't say like man i wish that he wasn't here anymore because i love that but it doesn't make it easier just by me saying like i love my son let's go travel the world it's just not realistic anymore right. because he, there's certain things that needs to get taken care of over here that i just can't get up and leave and say like this is it and i'm going to take him with me and we're just going to do this right now. So yeah, that's, that's just one of the things that changed as well. Not so much for like the better, right. But that it just had to change and adjust my mindset in order to be able to still keep an appreciation for the fact that he is my son. That makes sense. Complete sense. Now your, your son's four and depending on the age of the child, you know, discipline, disciplining a, a child varies. And every parent mm-hmm. have their own kind of way of disciplining. How do you and your wife handle the discipline when it comes to your son? So I, I you know, it's fun. I never, I never thought that I was going to be the parent who was going to like really discipline their kid. And I, it's hard for me to like look at other people's kids. Cause I don't know if it's a direct reflection of the person or really, if it's just like the attributes that people are born with, but my son, whenever it comes time to discipline him or tell him that he shouldn't be doing something, as long as I get down on eye level to him and explain to him like what's going on or what he did, he seems to understand. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of the times the discipline part is done wrong because you just tell the, the child no or you did wrong, but you don't explain to them what was the problem to begin with. And I mean, if you work like in corporate or if you work at a small business and you have to, you have to ask for the day off and the owner knows, Hey, I I can't have him off because we need a certain amount of people here or else they're going to close us or the, the, you know, it's going to be really bad for us. And you just say, no, that person's like, well, screw you. 
you know, like right. I'm, I'm still going to get the day off. But if you explain it to them, they, they understand. So it's like, why are we not doing the same thing with kids? Right. Like, mm-hmm. are we so stubborn to say like, he's a kid and he's beneath me and I'm the one who's always right to where you can't just say like, okay, well you're, you're jumping right now. And I get it. You want to jump, but look, if you break something, it's going to be bad. And this is what's going to happen. And you continue to let them jump if they want to. And then if they do, then obviously there's a consequence for it. But they understand that you actually respected them to let them do that. And and I feel that a lot of the times when you when you discipline people that way, they actually understand next time better that they shouldn't do it because you were actually right. Yeah, it always um, helps to have a full conversation with your child, uh, regardless of the age. I guess with the with the younger ones, you know, when they're when they're infants, it doesn't you can't really do that. But when it comes to toddlers, even the teenage years have respect for them while you're disciplining them. You know, you know, a lot of the times we, we can, we can tend to raise our voices and, and make rash or harsh decisions. And uh, that's not the way to handle it. Making them understand what was wrong and how to course correct is the way that yeah. should be handled. Yeah. I, I find it really strange that um, in normal situations, right. Me and you get upset at each other we know the correct way to handle it, which is clear communication. And don't, don't just be like, Oh, well, you're wrong. And that's it. Like we know that that's just not going to end well, but when it comes time to kids, there's this weird thing that just says, I'm the parent and you don't matter. And, and right. if I, if you're, if you're wrong, I don't care. Cause I'm right. Like even, even if you prove to me, I'm wrong. Like I'm, I'm still right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I don't understand why that is. I think it's just kind of a, a clear like lack of respect for your your kid almost yeah what's the single most important thing that you learned from your parents and how has it impacted you as a father so um my dad is is still alive and, and we get along somewhat nowadays but um when he was when i was three i believe or two years old um he actually left so my parents were divorced a lot of the time and um he wasn't around and he wasn't a very great father. So I didn't really learn much from him. But from my mom, what I learned is that she kept it together really, really well. And um, somehow she was always able to take care of us, even though we were alone. She was very crafty with like money. She was able to buy. She was like right situation, right time a lot of the time. So what I learned from her is that like you're able to get through life as long as you want to. Right. Like that's really all that it takes. Like you, you say, I want to, I want to become an entrepreneur. If you, if you really want to, it's going to be there for you. Right. Right. Um, Especially here in the U S I know that a lot of places like that might be like, it's more difficult, right? Like you might have a harder time, but really life is about you wanting something and then just going out and getting it. And Mm -hmm. my mom was a really, really strong woman who, who was able to raise both of us um, by herself with uh, very little help from uh, my father. And um, she did it to where I feel like I turned out very well, right? Because I took a lot from her. Um, but I guess that I wasn't, I don't know if this was going to come up or not. I just didn't want to come, like bring it up, you know? But um, I think that that's a big reason why I love being a father is because I really don't understand my own personal father's choice to not be around. Right. Especially with like the the stuff that I was telling you about me cutting my son's nails. I just feel like such an appreciation looking and being around him that I didn't understand like how my own father can feel that towards me. 
Well, that's a great, uh, great story. And um, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, it's, it's funny. When I grew up, my parents were both around. They're still, you know, still alive, still married. Uh, and they, you know, they worked a lot. And like, sounds like your mom worked a lot, but my parents worked a lot. So they weren't, even though they were involved in my life, they weren't really involved because they were so busy working. And so you've, you've taken that, you've taken that same approach and that you miss that, that father figure in your life. So that's impacted you in a way that where you're, you're going to make sure that you're the best dad you can be to your kid, because that's something that you miss as a child. Yeah, exactly. It, it, there's a there's a big part with like people who miss out on their on their fathers, right? Where they they are always looking for that father figure. And um, you know, you kind of asked me what what the biggest thing that changed was. And now that we're kind of reviewing this, I actually can can say that ever since my son was born up until recently, like maybe once he turned two, I haven't felt the need for that father figure right that person to come save me anymore or the person that like I always wanted to like give me the the right advice for because because now I feel that I am that person whereas I could never feel that before until I had my son so he's he's really completed a part of me that had always been missing that's great that's awesome well I'm happy for you for that if I were to ask your kids let's let's down the road obviously your, your son and your daughter if I were to ask them, tell me something about your dad, what would you hope they would say about you? Or what do you think they would say about you? I, <laughs> I want them to think that like I was a badass, you know, right. um, but ultimately the only thing that I want is admiration from them. Right. I respect and everything is fine, but I want them to be like, wow, like that's, that's my dad, you know, right. whereas like, I, I don't want them to feel pompous about the, like what I've done, but more than anything for them to see me as an example of like what can be done and say there really aren't any excuses for us not to be able to do the same thing, do more, help more and become more in this world as well, because we've, we've seen somebody who can do it and who gave us a good example. Mm. Well, that's, um, that's great. Yeah. That's, that is, uh, probably one of the, uh, one of the most, I guess, popular answers that, that dads give me that they and they hope that their kids think that their dad is, you know, a badass. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that we think these things from, we hope these things from our kids, but, you know, at the end of the day, are you, you know, are you, are you, are you fulfilling that, uh, that role? Exactly. You know? I had the, one of the final questions that I ask all my dads, if I had to ask you, if you had the secret to raising good kids, and I were to ask you to share that secret with me, what do you think that secret would be to you? You know, as much as much as, as we want our kids to be a reflection of us, the the thing that I think most kids want is they want to be independent of their own family too, right? They want to have their own identity. And the moment that we take their identity, like, I've heard a lot of, of parents say like, well, I was a soccer player, so I'm going to put my kid in soccer, right? But that's not necessarily the identity of your kid. Uh, a lot of the times we don't just allow like us to listen to them. And if they say like, I want to be a pirate today, and you're like, well, you have, you have soccer practice, right? And it's like, well, why don't you just letting them be a pirate for the day, right? Like that's, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to be. And a lot of the times you see these people that became accountants and stuff like that, and they wanted to be astronauts. And it's like, well, you never really 
allowed them to do that because you just told them that like they should be going to school versus saying like, yeah, you know, like astronaut sounds like a great idea. So I think if you want to raise great kids, if you want, especially if you want them to, to not rebel against you or anything like that, like support them in what they want to do, because there's, there's so many times that you see these, these adult people, right. Or like even people that, that like they're 18 to 20 and they still fail at life, even though you, you thought like you did everything right. And it's because they're so sad and so depressed that they're like, why, why can't I ever do anything that I wanted to do? Right. And there's so many, there's so many signs that we get from them every single day that they tell us exactly what they want and exactly mm-hmm. what they're doing, exactly like what they want to do. And when we shut them down, I think that that's the biggest disservice that we're doing to them, but also to like maybe even the world, right? Like this, this uh, child that we have in front of us could be the next greatest anything, you know, musician. Right. They could, they could be doing art. And, um, and who knows what we're doing just by telling them, no, you have to, you have to go to school today, you know, because that's, right. that's what, uh, that's what society wants us to do. So I'm going to listen and I'm going to care more about what happens through that versus what you actually want. Yeah. No, you're right. And it's funny. It's the way that, you know, you, as you said, you can cause them to rebel and we all, it's always important to respect what your kids want to do as long as, and someone said this to me, as long as my child wants to do something that's legal and ethical, yes. I'm, going to, <laughs> I'm going to support everything that they want to do, right? So, yeah, yeah I, I felt the same, same way with my boys, whether, you know, they wanted to grow up to be, you know, when they're younger, they always wanted to grow up to be a sports athlete. But as time went on, you know, my older son, he doesn't want to work for anybody else. He wants to be an entrepreneur. He wants to do something himself. And I'm all for it. As long as yeah. he puts in the effort and has the work ethic to, uh, to do that, uh, then I'm 100% behind him. And so it's important that we uh, support our kids in everything that they do. We wanted our boys when they grew up to play sport, not necessarily play sports, but we wanted them to be involved in an extracurricular activity outside of school, just so they had that social interaction. And it didn't have to be sports. It could have been anything, but they kind of gravitated towards sports. So Mm -hmm. we supported them that. I remember one year when my son was, was about 10, 11 years old, he didn't want to play baseball anymore. He was playing Little League and he didn't want to play anymore. He wanted to he wanted to focus on basketball. Um, mm-hmm. And we told him, we said, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Uh, you're going to do something. And if, it, and if baseball isn't it, and you want to focus on basketball, then, then let's make it happen. So it's important that we support them is my whole point. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we're, we're here to, to guide them, not to be dictators of their lives. Right. If my audience wanted to look you up, kind of learn a little bit more about you, maybe reach out for, you know, whether they needed a website or whatnot, um, how can, where can they find you? How can they look you up? And also what do you have going on this year that you're looking forward to? So here's, here's the great part about us doing this interview. Two days ago, I got the website named rubenalvarez.com. Um, at an auction and I did not believe that I was actually going to get it, but it turns out I did. So if anybody wants to find me, all they got to do is uh, go to my name.com, RubenAlvarez.com, and they can like find me there, which is really cool. Um, as far as this year, uh, we do, you know, like I said, we do marketing, we do websites, we do, you know, social media, all that stuff, but I'm actually rolling out a, uh, 
a PR service um, in which I'll be able to get people published on like online platforms like Yahoo Finance, USA Today, Thrive Global, um, things like that, which I'm I'm really, really excited about. We started working with a few people, kind of test it and launch it. And uh, I think by the end of the year, we'll be able to roll it out as a full service, which is really exciting. Awesome. Well, very cool. Well, I wish you all the best on that. For sure. I appreciate it. Well, cool. Look, Robin, it's been a lot of fun having you on. Um, I appreciate you sharing your dad experiences. I wish you and your family all the best. Uh, I wish you, your wife, uh, the best through, uh, through this next delivery. Um, praying it goes well. Thank you. And uh, let's stay in touch, all right? Absolutely. No, thank you for having me on. This is, this is one of the podcasts that I really, really appreciate more than anything else right now. So I, I thank awesome. you for that. Cool. Well, I appreciate it, Ruben. Thank you again to Ruben for talking with me on Data. For the short time being a dad, he is on his way to being a very successful dad. Ruben certainly represents the Data community very well. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important to share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing it. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. Please message me on my Instagram page at Data Podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Data.